Welcome to Femme Detail, the podcast where we, we normally say two femmes, but this week we have three femmes, tell tales of the weird, the bad and the spooky. I'm Jess and I'm here with my co-host Morty and the lovely Molly. Hi, so grateful to be here. Thanks guys. Between the three of us, we have a lot of the three witches from Macbeth energy. (laughs) (laughs) So, on that note, Molly, do you want to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your uh, academic credentials? Yeah, sure. So, my name is Molly. I completed my Bachelor of Historical Inquiry and Practice in 2017. I completed my Bachelor of Arts with Honours with First Class in 2019. And I've just started my PhD on the 1st of July this year, looking at early modern witchcraft, specifically in the role of children, broadly speaking, in England and New England between the 1530s and 1692. Morty, you know the other week when we were talking about, you know, you're at your dinner party with the tree kangaroo expert and you're Mm. like what a job i think witchcraft historian is pretty fucking cool too yeah yeah tree kangaroo is like up there though yeah (laughs) so what we've got we've got space lawyer space lawyer cult lawyer cult lawyer tree kangaroo expert and witchcraft scientist (laughs) (laughs) witchcraft scientist has a better ring to it for some reason i guess people kind of with science people take it a bit more seriously which is kind of rude a bit rude (laughs) Morty, what have you been up to today? I haven't seen you last week. We recorded last week, didn't we? Hi, God, we're professional. Yeah, no, we did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I think I've come to the conclusion that I watch way too much true crime because I'm learning a programming language at the moment and statements in the language are described as being illegal or legal if they work. <laughs> yeah. So all I can think of is the computer police being <laughs> open up like, you used an illegal statement. Yeah, FBI man, yeah. just don't want to get you. So Molly, well, what are you going to talk to us about today? I have an assortment, if you like, of the weird, wonderful, witchy facts and talking points. Witchcraft is one of those things where it's such an all-encompassing, massive thing that spanned 100, 200 years. So I tried to pick a few things which I thought would be interesting, but just a few PSAs before we start. There will be some discussion of probably disturbing or violent themes and ideas, which hunting is not a very... If you're a little squeamish and don't like discussions of torture or death, This you probably know. isn't the podcast for you. Yeah. <laughs> so with that, I just thought I'd start by telling you a really quick fact that did you know that Merlin was the son of a nun and an incubus? Wow. Yeah, apparently... So, um, she how did they meet? <laughs> yes, that's actually... So, it's on Tinder. No, apparently the nun, before she went to bed, she forgot to cross herself with the sign of the cross. And then this incubus came and had, you know, his way with her. And then nine months later, little Merlin appeared. And I just thought that was such a weird... I always thought incubuses fact. were female. The succubus is The female. succubus. So, the incubus is the male succubus? Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah, okay. You remember, it's the... <laughs> It's the succubus because it gives you the suck. Is that how you remember it? That's yeah. amazing. Is it the incubus because it goes in? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> is that why? That makes very uncomfortable sense. In, yeah. in your cubus. <laughs> oh, no. That's so wrong. In your cubus. Now, 
in relation to Merlin as like a real a real person. So it's not up for debate that he existed, yeah. Like he was definitely a real person. Yeah, I'm pre- I'm as far as I'm concerned the consensus is that he was a real person who existed. Yeah. But just your mileage may vary on his origins. <laughs> yeah, his, well, his origins for one, but also his shit that he did. <laughs> yeah, in the in to use the academic term, the shit that he did. Yeah, not yeah. too sure. He definitely was a real person and the iconography or the pictures of his nun mother and this demon are quite prevalent, so it was and definitely something well believed. A nun should have known better than to not cross herself, honestly. I had to hide. Do you have to be praying all day to just forget to do the, you know? <sighs> Victim-blaming ladies. <laughs> one chink in your godly armour. We were talking about my Udi the other week, mm. and I always feel when I put on my Udi, I feel like the depictions of Merlin, because it feels really <laughs> like, You feel like yeah. Sam Neill. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's right. awesome. So I guess that was my first little fact, but... Going into more witchcraft, I mean, what I know more about more generally, I think it's really interesting to think about the this idea of the world that witches were born into. So there's a difference between discovering witchcraft and inventing it, which I thought was a really interesting phrase. Mm-hmm. So you have to remember that the spiritual world is the inheritance of the medieval world. They weren't separate. They were so intrinsically put together. And that's something we need to keep in mind when, you know, when you obviously think, like, how is this real and how Mm. do people think this like firstly it's not really that real in a way but that's so important to remember that witch hunting exists in this world where the spiritual where the heavenly with demons existed and coexisted with the temporal and the physical world something that we could talk about is this is this story of william perry the boy of bilson so going into my kind of area of expertise what i'm looking at in my phd is the role of children and i use the word children loosely because it's like anywhere between like five to 25 at its extremes. Do you know what the youngest was that was sort of... Yeah, I think the trials in Mora in Sweden, they were using, they were going off the accusations of children who were three, four and five, as young as, mm. as, young as that. How does, a, how does a three-year-old accuse? Like, do they just sort of put well, like a little pudgy hand? Just like, yeah. Well, they're verbal, <laughs> so... I mean, True. Yeah. But <laughs> reliable, not necessarily. It's like the, sat- you know? the satanic yeah. panic from the 1980s. It's they they flush oh, yeah. us down the toilet into a dungeon and there was a horse. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and the accusation of children is something that wasn't legally meant to be accepted. Children could not but. give the testimony. But... <laughs> Well, it's like one of those things, you know, when you're, well, not when you're personally in court, as far as I know, you haven't been in trouble with the law or representing anyone, but you know how they're always, oh no, rule out inadmissible, but they've already said it and they ask the jurors to like, like, not, yeah, to forget it. And it's it's already been friggin' said. So yeah. Okay. You've ruled it inadmissible. It's in their brains. Mm. Um, Is it, is it rude if I interrupt with the question? When you first started, you mentioned the early modern period. So how long after the medieval period does the early modern period happen? Oh, that's a good question. I'm going to get a little bit loose on my date. So medieval is probably 1200s to probably, you want to go 1400s? And then, well, probably through the 15, when you get to like 1650 to 1750, I think the early period of enlightenment Hmm. and things like that are often described as the early modern period. So my my focus on the Salem witchcraft trials, which I did in my honours, is 1692, and that's smack bang in the early modern period, mm-hmm. whereas a lot of the witchcraft stuff kind of goes through the medieval and early modern. But So the witchcraft trials, I think the main areas were like 1450 to 1750, and that encompasses both medieval and early modern. Don't fact check me. <laughs> I, I, in my brain, I divide historical periods by 
fashions. So for me, the 1500s is the Tudors with the rough. Mm. And then the 1600s is the Puritans with the little buckles. Right. So as we go through these stories, that's what you'll be adding to them. That's really cool. That's actually really interesting for what I have to tell you about. (laughs) (laughs) Keep uh, keep fashion in mind when you are here. I mean, I always do. (laughs) It's very important. So William Perry, the boy of Bilson, 1620. He's having all these fits and he's acting real weird. And his parents are like, oh, you know, we think he's bewitched. And he's like, yeah, mom, dad, deaf's bewitched. And so King James, the first, I'm going to get it wrong. I always get it. It's like the first of, the sixth of England and the first of Scotland. There we go. Was walking through town and he's feeling quite skeptical these days. And King, like, you know, King Jimmy was a bit, not super on the skeptical side, but, you know, he's like, nah, it's not super believable. I don't really get it. So he went to send him off to live with the Bishop Morton of Coventry and Litchfield. And the Bishop was, I'll sort you out. So basically, <laughs> I got you, fam. I got you. We're going, we're going to get to the bottom of this. This interesting story goes, so the, William would always have these massive convulsions and fits whenever the first verse of the Gospel of St. John was read. Huh. So the bishop's like, well, I'm going to get y'all. And he started reading the verses in different languages. And the boy, assuming that he was reading the first verse of John when he started reading in Greek, had these fits. And the bishop was like, boy, it is either thou or the devil that aborist those words of the gospel. And if it were the devil, he being almost 6,000 years old, standing knoweth and understanding all languages of the world, so that he cannot but know when I recite the same sentences out of Greek. It be thyself, though, art a most execrable wretch who playest the devil's part. So basically he's saying, the devil knows all languages, and I'm pretty sure he would know when I'm still reading the verse. You're a liar. Yeah. Here's the interesting part. Was he reading a recipe for like... Yeah, like Tzatziki or something. (laughs) But the interesting part comes when William Perry starts having these other, like a physical symptom that the bishop can't explain. His urine would be black. Okay, we can kind of put the holes. They've already put the hole in your whole gospel thing. Like, that's bullshit. But your urine black, we don't know. We don't know what this is. We can't find any physical thing. It has to be bewitched. You have to be bewitched. That is the only logical explanation. That's it. Exactly. So what happens is the bishop, when everyone goes to church, the bishop puts one of his priests behind a wall with a little hole in it. And then he's like, when everyone goes to church and William Perry thinks he's alone, I want you to watch him. Watch what he does. Creepy gory hole. (laughs) Gory, gory, glory hole. Yeah. That's wild. So uh, it gets, I mean, if you... It's like confessional, but not... (laughs) But like you don't know you're at confession. Yeah, you don't know you're at confession. Yeah. What William Perry did when he thought he was alone to prove that he had black urine was that he lifted up a floorboard and there was a little vial of black ink and he just poured some of it into his chamber pot to make it look like his (gasps) urine. And the priest's like, man, I got you. Gets worse. And William Perry, being a genius, right, at like, I think the ripe age of... And he was like 12 or 13, I think. He thought, well, what if they make me do it on cue? What if they want me to prove on cue that my urine's black? So he soaked a piece of cloth in the black ink and he put it in his foreskin. <laughs> Foreskins are very useful things for storing things. Yeah, I want like you to know that I have this written down but, uh... as like inky foreskin story. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this reminds me so much of something. How the fuck does this remind you of something? <laughs> I have this charcoal mask that I use once a fortnight. Really potent shit. Yeah. And the first time I used it, I must have had a long week or something because the synapses just weren't firing. And a couple of days after I used it, 
I blew my nose oh. and my snot was black. <gasps> oh yeah. So of course I Googled black snot and the, the first thing is a fungal infection oh, in the great. brain. <laughs> so I'm just like, oh my God, I have fucking brain fungus. This is horrifying. And then it was just, oh, you used a charcoal mask <laughs> and some of it got into your mucous membranes, you dumb bitch. <laughs> Did I tell you when I had the blue earwax? No. Except I actually did. I had an infection that caused blue UX. Wow, that's amazing. So I was just like... Was an alien, like, giving you a wet willy in the night? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I thought... Because we had blue fluffy dunas. Mm. So I was like, oh, it's just some of the fluff. So mine was like the reverse of yours. It because I actually. gave it a logical <laughs> explanation. Well, a more likely one, whatever. But no, I had... More. But I had blue ear fungus. Oh my god, what... Out of curiosity, what shade of blue? <laughs> pretty dark. It's hard to describe on a podcast because here I can say like pretty much like that. Like I'm pointing. Oh, like cobalt blue, something. Yeah, like really blue. blue. That's double D. I double die. Out of an inky foreskin story that we would have so many. Did you know that I had this discharge that was once coloured? <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. So come on, Molly, take one for the team. What's your uh, weird discharge what, um, story? What discharge story? I mean, I have one from my brother. My little brother came into my room once, completely topless, and he's like. I'm lactating. <laughs> and I was, okay. And lo and behold, at the ripe age of 15, he squeezes his man chest and there's stuff coming out. And I'm like, yep, cool. Please so, go to a doctor. Yeah, please <laughs> stop doing help. that. <laughs> so, yeah, lo and behold, William Perry was seen as a fraud and that was the end of that. Do you reckon if he had been born 300 years later, he would have been okay, one of those guys on the Penn and Teller? <laughs> yes. <laughs> like Dr. Phil or something. <laughs> <laughs> that works too. Yeah. He could have worked for um, Theranos, I oh, talked about last yeah. week. Yeah, he's got some balls. That's honestly quite impressive, though, going through and making... I'm making a database at the moment in an Excel spreadsheet of all the cases in England that involve children. And the amount of cases where there's just been explicit instances of fraud, like this inky foreskin and things like that, it's just incredible. And Anne Gunter, who's 1604, I think, she was her father made her drink what they called salad oil. And it was just this mixture of sherry and something else to make her have these really violent throwing up and things like that. There's others who were throwing up pins. What, to like expel the devil out of her? No, because like to, like to fake fits. Because what did they get out of it? Yeah. It's interesting. The motivation for that is really interesting. And Gunter's case is, is interesting because we do have it written down the motivation for why she was doing it, which you don't get in a lot of cases. Usually you're like, why are you doing this? And then they get exposed and that's kind of it. You never really know why. Because they're sick of reading the Bible. Yeah, probably. That's why he's like throwing up every time the first verse of Johnny's. I'm just sick of it. <laughs> he <laughs> just he just hates that one verse. That one line. But long story short, Anne Quinter's father I mean, was started over a dispute in a football game. What? Um, so it was like a soccer game. And as you do, Anne Quinter's father accidentally punched these two kids to death. <laughs> Beat them to death in a football game. He that accidentally. Well... What? True. Yeah, so they had a dispute at a football game and Anne Quinter's dad accidentally kills these... I say accidentally loosely. He just goes ahead and straight up kills these two dudes in a brawl. And then so he's like, you know what? I'm actually not just done with that family and I'd like you to fake bewitchment and say that it's that dude's mum and their sister and we'll get them all offed. Holy crap. Yeah, and it all came out in the court records. So like, I think they gave Anne, you won't go to jail for as long if you out your father. And she's like, lol nice and then she admitted to doing it she said i think it's really sad you know she says in the records that he was actually really nice to me he for the first time in my life he was nice to me oh no i because i was that. doing it yeah, because she was like a late 
think she was the accident child that didn't meant to happen. So her father didn't love her very much. And when I was doing what he wanted, when I was having all these fits, you know, he liked me. And she was be, she would be putting in these massive, bo- what they called botching needles, but massive, big, thick sewing needles. And she'd put them in her breasts, put them in her arms. And so when all these physicians came to, you know, look at her bewitchment, she'd lift up her shirt and she'd have pins and blood in her. And she'd say, like, oh, it's mother goody whoever and all of these things that she comes out and says that she did for her father's love because her dad wanted to get rid of this family that he started a fight with (laughs) i fucking hate this dude yeah he's not a super great dude it's honestly Anne gunter is great like that well no no, she's not great (laughs) in great in the way of we know we know exactly why there's more cases in salem on the 29th of june in 1692 sarah bibber was seen to take, called it taking pins out of her close, but we think that was like another word for purse, mm. and clasped her hands around her knees, put pins into her palms, and like screamed it was Rebecca Nurse who did it. Rebecca Nurse's spectre. And Sarah Nurse, Rebecca's sister, was like, bitch, I just fucking saw you do that. You know, <laughs> and she's like, no, 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 it was Rebecca's nurse's ghost. She came and put pins in my hand. And Sarah's like, I just watched you do that, you stupid bitch. And, um... <laughs> Yeah, so all these instances of explicit fraud. I mean, Rebecca Nurse was hanged anyway. What the? Um, yeah. You know, I'm glad we have a certain burden of proof now. Yeah. Because you can imagine in the modern world with Facebook and all those things, just sort of off someone and you're like, yep, so Molly uh, totally uh, has a voodoo doll of me. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, can whoever has the voodoo doll of me, can you get it to stop eating so much ice cream and cake? <laughs> just feed it something nice. I don't know. <laughs> when you were talking about um, Rebecca Nurse's sister, was, was it Sarah? All, yes. I, all I could imagine was a Puritan version of that. Why the fuck you lie? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> oh, Rebecca Nurse's story just breaks my heart. Just a quick digression because she was 80 something. She was a patron of this um, church village and she couldn't hear the charges that were put against her because she was deaf. No! Yeah, so the Salem girls, we call them the Salem girls in, in inverted commas because they were not just girls and they were not, some of them were women and while well, they're all screaming and having their fits and accusing whoever they want, they were screaming at Rebecca and when the, the charges were read to her, she, she misheard and accidentally said something that accidentally condemned her. She said something like, while me and the others wait in the jail cell mm. and the jury heard that as, oh, so you're admitting that you and the other witches in the jail cell. Mm. And she's like, no, I didn't hear you properly. I was just saying that I was in jail with other people and they're like... Definitely sounded like you were admitting that you're in jail with witches. And she said, oh, I'm really sorry. I couldn't hear. I couldn't hear over the girls yelling. And that was it. The, um, she had originally had a non-guilty verdict. And within 12 minutes, they, they revoked that and gave her a guilty verdict because she couldn't hear properly because of the girls. It's These just... People saw it. <laughs> Ableism <laughs> strikes again. Oh. <sighs> Hate to hate to give you a little downer, but witchcraft history is not... It's not the hell people no, suck. No, <laughs> it's not the elderly women Titcherberg and she was she was uh black people who can't stick up for themselves do you want to know do you want to know something interesting about Titcherberg though and the others so we're not actually sure in Titcherberg's origins Mm -hmm. so she was either Native American or Barbadian Mm. we think that she wasn't actually African-American because in the trial records which I've read back to back so I can confirm that they often use the n-word to describe other African-Americans as they appear in the records, and they never referred to Tichaba like that. Mm. So they seem to be able to make a distinction between African-Americans and... Ooh, yeah, yeah, so they would say Indian, but we're not sure if they say Indian because they came from the Indies, the West mm. Indies, or because they were Native American. But interestingly, not a single slave, and there was around about five slaves during the Salem trials who were accused, not a single slave was ever executed. 
And do we think that's because of the the value that they had to their mask? Yeah, I think that's an interesting idea. I think it definitely has something to do with... I mean, I'm glad they didn't die, but I hate that. Yeah, Yeah. but it's also interesting because a lot of them turned the accusations around on their masters. So a slave called... called (laughs) Power to the people. it's amazing. This slave called Candy just full-on just went like, yeah, 100%, I'm a witch, but my mistress made me do it. And uh, they're like... What? And she's like, yeah, I mean, I'm. what am I, just a humble slave? I, I was doing it because my mistress said so. Oh, well, that's, I guess that's fine. You were just doing what you were told. Oh, God, we don't So care. you're a good servant. What's the protocol slave, for this? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, they all, every, any slave who was ever accused went free, which was really interesting. That makes my heart glad that she managed to fuck up her mistress's shit in yeah, the process. Yeah, it's really, really good. Well, do you want something a little bit more on the light side? Oh, look, it's a, just it's the licorice all sorts, like, whatever. <laughs> well, how about I tell you about the penis tree? Have you heard of the penis tree? I have, but only from you. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, spoiler alert, Jess lives with me, so she has to deal with this a lot. <laughs> yeah, Molly's been growing a penis tree in our backyard. It's really awkward. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, in, in polite society, we just call them bananas, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so the penis tree has a mention in the Malleus Maleficarum, which was a book written in 1486. It's called The Hammer of Witches by two Dominican people. I mean, interesting side note, we actually think it's only written by one Dominican dude, but he's like, in case this goes really badly, I'm going to say another Dominican dude wrote it, so it's not one me. He was a bit of a, he was something. The Malleus Malfacum, to give some context, was the first kind of book written to be, y'all, witches are bad, witches are usually women, and we should all kill witches. That's the three-part summary in about 30 seconds. Was there a a taxonomy of how to recognize witches? There was, but it depended in different jurisdictions. For example, Germany had the largest amount of executions in any other place in Europe or anything like that. But Germany, as it was back in those times, was about 300 different jurisdictions. So it depended where you went, but there was definitely things that was more, you know, in England, for example, you were often thought of as a witch if you were seen throwing water over your shoulder because they thought that that was you trying to create storms. Whereas they didn't have ideas like that on the continent. It was something else. <laughs> I know if you throw salt over your left shoulder, yeah, if you spill salt, spill it, yeah. you, you throw it over the, your left shoulder and you're throwing it at the devil. But mm. what if the devil's into that? <laughs> yeah. He's just really into it and he's like, oh yeah, finally some stuff. He started it. He started that rumor <laughs> so he oh. could get some salt. He's clever. What a handsome devil. Maybe. <laughs> The Hammer of Witches was interesting because it said it, it went a lot into what we would now call misogyny, which is kind of anachronistic to say. But it said witches have carnal knowledge. They're all having sex with the devil. They're all doing this orgy shit. And that's why they need to be all done. So I just think he was a really lonely Dominican. <laughs> <laughs> so the penis tree has a mention in the Malleus Maleficarum. So you can see these kind of Freud would have a fucking field day. Freud would have an absolute fucking field day. Yeah. So the penis picker comes from a folio 106 copy of the, I'm going to butcher this because I don't know languages, English barely, Roman de la Rose. It has 300 Sounds copies. Sounds good to me. Yep. And it also appears in a mural in Massa Maritina in Italy from 1265 that shows 25 hanging penises i will give you an excerpt from the malleus very quickly to give you this idea of what the fuck i'm talking about not like it'll make any more sense after i've read it so what shall we think about those witches who sometimes take members in large numbers 20 or 30 and shut them up together in a bird's nest or some box where they move around like living members eating oats and other feed this has been said by many and it is a matter of common talk 
I go on. Stop me if you've heard this before. A man reported that he had lost his member and approached a certain witch in order to restore his health. She told the sick man to climb a particular tree where there was a nest containing many members and allowed him to take whichever one he liked. When he tried to take the biggest one, the witch said, you may not take that one, adding, because it belonged to the parish priest. Detachable penis. (laughs) I just, imagine being a bird watcher and you're like climbing this tree and you peer into this nest and there's just a bunch of dicks. Or on Easter, you know how they send kids like to the Easter egg hunts, and they're like, "Oh, a nest is full of dicks." So were the were the dicks like were they sentient, separate from the body of the man that they were stolen from, or were they acting on impulse impulses generated like psychically from the man they were attached to? Like, was it, did they become a separate entity once they were detached or were they like, where's my body? I think the witch would probably, I'm just going to speak in turn of the witch. They probably came and I th- I th- they're said to have moved around. Like they ate and they would wiggle around, but they couldn't like move on their own. The witch it- had complete jurisdiction of what they did and where they were. <laughs> it's literally in trial records of men waking up and thinking that they had their penises were gone and would be like, oh my God, like my penises need to come back. Like, where's my penis? I feel like that would be pretty easy to tell, like, in a court. Although I suppose if you're a bit, like... Do you have a dick or not? (laughs) Yeah, like, if you're a bit puritanical, though, maybe no one wants to check. You want to know how they got around that? Because I remember asking... What, they tucked? My supervisor being like, ah, surely it's pretty obvious. You either have a penis attached to you or you don't. And he's like, well, no, the way they would get around it being like, okay, it's here now. Um, (laughs) But it wasn't here this morning. But it wasn't here this morning. (laughs) 100%. You know, you know how in cartoons... Whenever there's a headless a headless ghost, they're always the body is always like looking for the head and it's like yes, tripping over yeah. things. So all I can imagine is the dick trying to get back to the body or the there being like a what's it called? A ESP. Yeah. Link <laughs> between the dick and the man. So there's all these dicks like just kind crawling of like a little caterpillar. It reminds me of you know that advert that was on years ago with the tongue, the like push oh. me and then just touch me. But it's like going to find a beer. Like it's like a beer ad, wasn't it? Satisfaction. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's got all the tongues and they're like moving That's wrong. independently like that. But dicks. Did they steal that from this mural from 1265 <laughs> where they're like, this is a fucking great idea. <laughs> I just love that though, and you can see these beautiful like murals. I mean, if you want to Google the penis tree, it's literally these pictures of a nun pulling penises from a tree and putting it in her basket, or they all like them trading I've seen penises. That. Yeah, like a picture of it. I feel like we should all. It's see probably it. captioned with like, "Look how many fucks I give" or something like that. <laughs> you you go to see you like on like a lovely tour of you know sites, and you go to see like the Bayo tapestry, but they accidentally show you the wrong one, so it's just like <laughs> pulling a curtain over like. Ah! <laughs> I've accidentally shown you the penis tree, my bad. So yeah, I don't know. I just, I mean, I love, I love that. I love it. You love the penis tree. I love the penis tree. Although anytime I ever say like, wow, I love this, please know that I'm not advocating for witch hunting. I just am passionate. (laughs) Everyone's like, wow. I mean, because I found this trial record, this pamphlet that I've been looking for for weeks and weeks and weeks. And I finally found it. It was, and the National Library of Australia, lo and behold, had it nowhere else. What are the odds? And I was messaging everybody like, oh my God, I found it. How cool is this? It's so exciting. And you read the front of the pamphlet and it talks about the trial of Mary and Elizabeth Hicks who were hanged, hung? Hanged. Hanged, hanged. It is right, isn't it? In Huntingdon in 1716. And Elizabeth was nine years old. 
oh, when she was executed. Sake. And everyone's like, oh, my God, you're a fucking idiot. I'm like, oh, no, I actually – I'm not advocating for this. Just, you misunderstand me. Yeah, I just – um, yeah, that's honestly – it's one of the ones where you read it, really pulls at your heartstrings. I think it's only about eight pages long. And when Elizabeth – so it's Mary was her mother and they were both on the scaffold. And I think when Elizabeth was asked, do you want to say anything – else elizabeth just was had tears in her eyes and she said i'm i don't remember hurting anybody but i'm really sorry if i did oh no um, and i think that this is you know please pray for me and that was it oh you darling just, yep it was actually their father the father and the husband who accused them because you saw them putting on their stockings near the ocean and what? then there was a storm that nearly crashed a ship. And they're like, oh, you were raising you were raising storms, weren't you? You were trying to shipwreck people. These men suck yeah. so bad. I know. And what sucks is that he tried to make himself out like a really nice person. Uh, oh, Elizabeth was the apple of my eye. And I, I really hated to do that to her. And you're like... Dude, you just didn't want to fucking pay for an extra mouth to feed, you douche. Yeah, it's really hard. But the, the reality of witch hunting is just insane we think like what a fuckwit and he was massive fuckwit but it's it's so important to remember that people really believe this people honestly to their dying day this was something that was real witches were real people could fly people were stealing dead babies eating them boiling them down covering themselves in the grease made of dead babies to slide up the chimney on a broomstick to go have sex with the devil 100% it's all there in trial records it's just it's just wow for example I will tell you how incredulous witch hunting can be in 1663 in England someone who was a hunter saw uh, a rabbit go behind a bush and then when he went behind the bush well trust me it gets more wild he saw Mrs. Julian Cox not the rabbit he's like (gasps) this is bullshit i literally just followed a rabbit behind the bush and now you're here and the rabbit's gone and then the next day like he ran over a toad with his cart and then he said when he ran over the toad he saw the toad crying like it was a human and this happened right opposite julian cox's house and she was found guilty of Of being a witch being near a bush (laughs) oh well she turned obviously she turned into the animals pay attention she was the rabbit she turned out i mean she was the rabbit and then she turned out of the rabbit and then she was the toad demonic figures it's all it all adds up but when when she untoaded herself did she have (laughs) did she have like a cart a big cart mark (laughs) yeah was she squashed apparently not no it's it's clearly not because she used her friggin' powers and pack with the devil to fix that. She put the baby grease on. Yeah. yeah. Jess, honestly, you should be an inquisitor. You, you've got the right mindset. Like, <laughs> like, like yeah, duh. She just untire marked herself. Like, I'm, I mean, I'm not sure how to take that. <laughs> it's just nuts. Conrad of Marburg um, in Germany, he was a priest. He said he would gladly burn a hundred people if only one was guilty. Wow. That's not how judicial systems work. (laughs) Jean Baudin in the late 16th century in France said um, extraordinary crimes call for extraordinary measures. That guy was a lawyer and saying that kind of shit. What did you have to do to become a lawyer in that time? Yeah, look, probably just be a man and be able to read. That's probably it. (laughs) I am one of those things. (laughs) And, and the torture, you know, if we're going to get a little graphic here. Well, but yeah. Hold my hand, Maud. <laughs> so in 16... Caption holding hands. Your hand is cold as fuck. Because I'm a witch. <laughs> oh my god. Did you know if you... Another witch thing was if you could hold a red hot poker and then come back three days without a blister, you weren't a witch. Right. So just don't get blisters from searing hot metal and you'll be fine. Yes. They will never know. <laughs> never Apart know. from admitting on the podcast. Yeah. Well, you know, 
You were tricking them, huh? Maybe I'm more like a vampire, like Twilight. We hands look like, ice cold. We look like we're waiting for our teenage son to come home. Yeah, we're just <laughs> like, hands. so worried. <laughs> it's like, said to be back at ten. <laughs> so yeah, on a much lighter note, the torture of a pregnant woman in sixteen thirty one in Germany. So the executioner was talking to her before she was tortured, and said, "I will torture you not days, not weeks, but months, half a year if I have to, or a year if I have to, until you confess." And if you don't confess, I will torture you till you die and you will burn anyway. And she was she was pregnant. And under law, you could not be pregnant and tortured. They would sometimes wait until after you had the baby and then torture you. But it's just, yeah. Uh, what, do we know what happened to said unborn child? I think it was just whatever. You're a, you're a child of a condemned witch. Nobody really cared what happened to you. It's like The Handmaid's Tale but on steroids. 1634 in France, Urban Grandier. I'm gonna. Oh, my French is terrible. He was. I think he was an abbot or something. He was quite a highly religious person. Was um, had to be carried to his place of execution. He was condemned as a witch. Which is funny. It's a quite a high standing man, which is an interesting case mm. um, of bewitching all these nuns. Was he just like super hot? And then- that's actually really interesting what? that you say that because. <laughs> We apparently, think, I just think like a horn dog. Yeah, well, apparently you just you got the mind for it. I don't know, but uh, <laughs> the, apparently he was. We think that he was condemned as a witch because the apotes, apotes. I don't know what the the correct term is of the neighbouring nunnery. The abbess. The abbess. That's yeah. it. Not apotes. God, I'm an idiot. Had the hots for him, and he didn't reciprocate the, <gasps> the hotness. And so she's like, y'all, or to the, all the nuns, she's like, go what shit crazy. Incel. Yeah, nun cell. Nun cell. And so she told all the nuns, go fucking nuts. And they were masturbating with crucifixes. Oh. They were like going absolutely insane. And they just said, it's all Urban Grandier's fault. We're going, he's bewitching us because he wouldn't put out. Were the standards, wow. the standards of proof higher when it was a man accused? Like, was it harder to prove that it was a that a dude was a witch. Honestly, I think it depended on who was presiding. If you were a fair judge, you would just treat it like a normal witchcraft case, which is the standard of evidence wasn't amazing. Mm-hmm. Societally, people, the general society, the public wanted to see more evidence. I know, for example, in Salem, George Burroughs, who was the ex-minister, they needed a really damning case against him because not only was he a minister and a man, so the so case kind of depends on your area yeah. and things like that. And, and, and who was presiding and what who what people were around you. You needed you didn't need public support, but having the public support against someone for a trial was kind of important. So against George Burroughs, they had like made a really damning case because like we need to really convince these people that this guy is like the hand of the devil. So Urban Grandier had to be carried to his place of execution because they used what they called the Spanish boots. <sighs> Oh no. Yeah. Oh no. Have you heard of these oh, before? No. Yeah. So they're like these really trendy, like thigh high boots with little pegs, wooden pegs in different places in the boots, in your knee joints, in your ankle joints, in your shins. And they would get mallets and they would smash these wooden, they just smash the boots oh. until this is very graphic, but they took the boots off Urban Grandier and his bone marrows ran. Eey. Liquid. Because they just completely pulverized his legs and he had to be carried and he was, he was burnt more or less alive. Because he wouldn't put out. And I mean, we're making light of it, but it's still pretty. It's completely and utterly. Yeah, I think, you know, we've kind of discussed the whole, if you you don't laugh, you'll cry. But also I think (laughs) it's like a coping mechanism for some of these things. When you don't particularly have the right words to say or reaction, it's kind of normal to laugh. Even though 
Yeah. yeah, no, I get that. And I think a lot of people talking to, who talk to me and other people, and my friend studies Nazism, and they say, like, how can you talk about this so blase? Like, it didn't happen, like, it didn't matter. And I'm, sometimes it does really hit you. Sometimes it hits you hard and it hits you where it hurts. And mm. it's because I think reading these and studying these as a historian, you have some kind of level of objectivity where you kind of removed. And it's, I mean, it's easy to say that when a lot of these events happened three, four, five hundred years ago, but sometimes it does really hurt. I remember reading the petition that Mary Eastie wrote in 1692. She was the sister, Rebecca Nurse's sister, who was accused, and she wrote this petition pleading to the judges for a whole manner of things, more or less like, please separate the like the Salem girls please don't let them talk to each other because they think they're conspiring she was kind of right the judges didn't really listen to her but her petition you know is just so heartbreaking it's so wrenching you know I do not petition on behalf of my life for I know that I must die but you know for other innocent blood that we may not let it be shed and, wow yeah and it's like yeah. trying to look out for the future yeah people. and that was like things like that still really get me but I think you're gonna have you, you have to kind of have a thick skin with this sort of stuff apparently doctors and nurses have like insanely dark senses of humor because they like witness suffering on the daily oh really like is that is that something that we can corroborate yeah i mean i don't know or the opposite like a lot of doctors i know they're like very light no i I was gonna think i'm trying to think of my doctor friends and i was like a lot of them are quite jovial maybe I'll, maybe we'll check yeah. back in with them in 20 years <laughs> <laughs> yeah like grizzled yeah no that that is probably true maybe they're still in the idealistic naive wide-eyed stage mm. do you want another cringy one oh yeah yeah so in 1590 scotland the north berwick which trial is very famous which trials in scotland so other not in england in england and new england they hanged witches in scotland and everywhere else they were burned some places you were burnt alive, mostly you were strangled before you were burnt. But um, I think Scotland, they mostly burnt you alive. So torturing this person, we're not even at the fun execution, but yet they ripped all their nails off, pulled their nails out of their <laughs> nail beds. <laughs> I hate that. No, this one's so bad. And then they replaced each taken off nail with two needles, put two needles in each nail bed until apparently it was so bad that he could no longer use their hands. Um, but, I mean, interestingly, the kind of justification for this is just almost as interesting as the instances of it itself. So Jean Baudin, who we've met, said that the punishment and the torture that they receive in this life will be nothing compared to the punishment Satan will make them inflict in hell. They're going to get it a lot worse, so it doesn't matter what we do to them here. That is some roundabout, backwards-ass cousin fucking logic <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, um, yes. <laughs> that is my conclusion. <laughs> I had a point, it's gone. Do you want to yeah, know yes. the fucked up part, though, about the executions, or other than the killing them part? That you had to pay for it. You had to pay for your own execution. So what if you you're just broke? Your yeah, like, out, oh, suddenly I have no money. Yeah. <laughs> Guess I'm free. Can't yeah. kill me now. <laughs> Fucking big brain energy. Can't <laughs> <laughs> So you had to pay um, in France and Germany, but it was probably other places. Just side note, France and Germany were the, um, they don't like pun intended, hotspot of witch hunting. It was just really, it was just, they were really bad. <laughs> but you had to pay for the wood. 
You had to pay for the chains that held you to the wood. You had to pay for the person lighting the fires. You had to pay for the person to carve the stake. You had to pay for the feast that the judges and the jury would have and the, after your trial. You had to pay the person who shaved your body completely naked. You had to pay for all of it. And if you couldn't afford to pay for it, then your family would pay for it. What, what was the purpose of the shaving? They shaved people to look for witches' marks. So after you signed a pact with the devil, the devil would mark you. And so this was one of the ways of trying to um, ascertain somebody's guilt. So it could be anything, but it was usually found in the left side of the body, which is interestingly kind of associated with evil, near the genitals. It could be a mole, a freckle, a skin tag, a scar. Fuck. I'd be out. Yeah. You out? I'm so out. Yeah. Yeah. Anything. Anything. So any a witch's teat as well, which is thought to be... And the third nipple. The third nipple, mm, yeah. where you would suckle your familiars, your little devilish companions. And, yeah, so they would shave you head to toe. They would shave your genitals, your head. It was quite a humiliating procedure. And then they'd put mm. you on a table. If you were a woman, they usually have women at you, But it was very clinical. Like, they would get into your nooks and crannies. They would Ugh. be very thorough looking at where they could find these witch marks. And then you have the witch prickers. Cursed skin check. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's the worst dermatological. Yeah, you think like a skin cancer check is bad, guys. Yeah. Yeah, do this comparative thing. Yeah, yeah. PSA, get your skin (laughs) checked. Coming into summer, y'all, go get your moles checked. But then you'd have the witch prickers, and these were people who had these like beautiful, ornate little needle gun things, Who, because it was thought that the witch's mark didn't feel, you couldn't feel pain in the witch's mark. So if I found a little mole on Jess's shoulder, I would prick you with this, and if you went, ow, 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 and you're like, that's not the desired reaction, isn't So what they would do is they would have retractable needles. So I would like push this needle into your mole. You didn't wince. You didn't feel any pain. Ah, she's a witch. It's a witch's mark. That's cheating. It is cheating. It's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> Don't really have an answer. It is, it's just bullshit. <laughs> but yeah, so that's why you were shaved naked. And yeah, you would be pricked and pulled and tortured and... For some reason, when you mentioned the shaving, I was just like, that's that's counterintuitive because you'd think that, like, body hair would catch fire better. But, you know, <laughs> Speaking I of practicality. Yeah, but practicality, in term, I think a lot of people don't actually understand how witches were burnt. You see all these graphic images of a woman with a few sticks around her ankles and she's consumed by flames. That's not how it went. Mm. So the way that they would usually burn you is, um, and I'm talking usually on the continent as well because they we didn't burn people in England and New England, but they would tie you to a stake, usually with chains because they didn't burn. And like I said, you would sometimes be strangled at the stake, so they would have something around your throat mm. and as they were lighting the fires, they'd be strangling you at the same time. Or they would do this other really neat trick where you'd wear a necklace with this big band of gunpowder around your neck, um, but they would also stack the pyre. They would stack the pyre right up to, like, over your head, over your face, so when they lit it, it usually just went up. There was no smoldering around your ankles, smoldering around mm. your feet. It was the pyre was stacked up around your face. If you had this gunpowder thing on, as soon as that caught fire, your head would blow off and hopefully that would kill you or you were being strangled. So this image of people like slowly smoldering to death didn't often happen. Jean Baudin, again, awful person, thought that witches should be burnt over a small smoldering flame. But many people were burnt pretty pretty quickly it was pretty quick and you know to the point i hope mr bodin died a bad death <laughs> <laughs> don't actually know how he died but i like to think he died terribly dropsy mm, yeah that's what i choose to believe <laughs> but yeah so it's actually interesting that most people who were burnt 
so I mean not I mean not trying to justify it's terrible no matter how you slice it but it's interesting that most people were burnt with pyres that were really high apparently in Bamberg in Germany which is one of the big trials they call it one of the big four so I think it's that's Bam- like the big four amusement parks but like so much yeah <laughs> it's like the whole like waterboarding at Guantanamo Bay sounds really good unless you know what waterboarding at Guantanamo Bay is. yeah or Christmas Island my partner was like oh my god Christmas Island sounds like so much fun and Christmas every day and you're like well honey no, no. <laughs> so it's the one of the big four trials so between, like I said, Germany was quite prolific with the witch hunting. And I'm not saying anything about ethnic Germans today or it doesn't have any... I, if you want to ask why Germany, I don't really know. But it was just... They were just really big on it. They don't have a great track record, so, you know. Not really. I think my supervisor said he once asked a German exchange student in one of his classes, why was it really Germany? And he just answered, because we are a cruel race. <laughs> And he's like, shit. There's probably like some really gentle German listener just with like a tear. (laughs) They're just there like knitting socks for baby orphaned kittens or something. (laughs) Between the years of 1626 and 1631, the Germans weren't very nice in the town of Würzburg, not Bamberg, Würzburg. So between this five-year period, 157 men, women, and children were burnt. And in places like Würzburg in Germany, they had very interesting ways of burning people because 900 others in that principality would um, eventually be burnt. And because they were so prolific at burning people, what they would do is they'd get these massive big ladders and tie about three, four people under these ladders and let them fall into these massive bonfires. And this is how they were so efficient. I don't want to make a comment about German efficiency, but in, <laughs> um, in burning people, in the whole period of between 1450 and 75, uh, 1450 and 1750, historians, the rough estimate is about 75,000 people at their end at the rope or at the flame. So what do you do when you kill all your townsfolk and you're just like, I'm going to go to the butcher and you're like, oh, wait, Jerry died last week. Yeah, like, Jerry's just, a witch. Whoops. You're just fucked. Yeah. Or it's just like we're, we're running out of people to burn and then you, you turn and look at the guy next to you and he's just like, no, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently there was, I think, I think it might be Bamberg where in one little small village on the outskirts of Bamberg there literally was one person left in a village, just one. They burnt everybody else. So they burn the person who was in charge of the, like, <laughs> so so there's someone that's like the, the overseer of burning. And once the last person's been booted off the ladder, he just, he's like, why are you guys staring at me? <laughs> yeah, like, and it, yeah I, I suppose the last person left, my, he must be the only person who can light a good fire in Bamberg. And he's like, well, without me, they'd be screwed. And then <laughs> he just sets himself on fire. It's like, job well done. He's like, that's it, guys, we did it. Have you seen that? Like, I don't know if you've seen that Simpsons episode, the Treehouse of Horror, the um, Easy Bake Coven. Oh man, it's so funny. So yeah. they're like, I've burning... probably seen it. But oh, give me a quick recap. It's so good. So they're, <laughs> they're like burning people in a skin his mother, and he's like, "See you in hell, Seymour." He's like, "Goodbye, mother." And Ned Flanders is like, "Well, nine hundred strumpets we have incinerated. That should show God what's whose side we're on." <laughs> it's so funny. And like watching it as like someone, I wouldn't. I don't know if I'm an expert but someone who studied witchcraft for a long time now watching that you're actually surprisingly pretty accurate that they don't do a bad job (laughs) i mean in germany in northern france and in germany the death rate was 90 percent of people of people who were accused were executed in spain it was 10 percent maybe they were done killing after the inquisition i don't know (laughs) i'm just thinking about that 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 one person out of 10 who got off who's just (laughs) 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 like trying 
You know when you drive past cops and you're like, oh my god, I hope I haven't done any, like, hope I'm not speeding even though you're doing 10 mm. under the limit? He's like sitting in his house like, don't do witchy things, don't do <laughs> <things."> <laughs> Don't do literally anything. There oh, was so I'll many. be fine as long as I'm not a witch. Are you a witch? Like, <laughs> no. That sounds like real witch talk to me. <laughs> It was really crazy how many things... I think one of the things against George Burroughs was that they saw him pick up a really heavy tub of molasses. You're quite a short, ugly man, George Burroughs, and there's no way that you could lift that without using the devil's help. Does <laughs> ugliness have to do with ability to lift? Apparently, well, they just like thought he was like too short and stout to be able to... Like, you can't lift that by yourself. And he did, and they're like, that's the devil's help. Maybe he got stout from eating the molasses that he lifted. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's like this. Yeah, that's just his midnight snack. It's a big barrel of molasses. Mm. Goals. <laughs> I can tell you about the Sabbat. Have you heard of the Sabbat? Uh, I mean, yes, but From like, me? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have the, the, the teacher's pet. <laughs> <laughs> you get a gold scar, Jess, you know, all the right <gasps> answers. Wait, do you want to see something witchy? Oh my god. Oh, you got a gold star. Okay, so Jess is wearing a witch shirt and it has a gold star in it. And I don't know whether that makes me a witch or you a witch. <laughs> I knew that. <laughs> a small child like gave this to me today. Aww. It's one of those like, good work, gold star. What did you What did you but do to find the gold star? Um, I don't know. Oh, you just, just got a, one? Look, it's really hard. Like with children, you know, they just bestow things upon you. <laughs> like that's very nice. Oh, but you. that was just perfectly timed because I lifted up my jumper and had a gold star sticker. You you get nice things. Oh, thank you. Why? What are children bringing you? <laughs> I remember when I was babysitting once and I, like I probably would have been about 10. So too young to be in charge of this many children in the middle of nowhere. But, and this kid, he would have been like five ran in nude and he was like morty look at me i can wee out my bum (laughs) and he turned around and pulled his butt cheeks apart and all this water fell out because he'd been like pouring water with the hose like giving himself like an enema and then then clenching clenching his butt cheeks to hold the water in to be like i can wee out my butt former child if you aren't now listening to the podcast i'm not giving any identifying information (laughs) that sounds like some really like william perry bullshit (laughs) (laughs) yeah I'm going to put water in my water. ass. <laughs> I thought you were going to say about your cat bringing you dead lizards or something. No, he, he's too lazy to, to hunt. <laughs> I, tried to, um, I tried to get him to like eat the huntsmen's and catch flies and stuff, but he's just like, nah, fuck it. For our international listeners, supposedly, that totally exist, huntsmen's are spiders. They're very large. and Not men who hunt. No, they're much worse. I'd much prefer like a Chris Hemsworth huntsman than, uh, than the big ugly spiders <laughs> that we have. Tig probably couldn't eat them though. No. Liam Hemsworth. Well, he could try. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't want to eat Liam Hemsworth. Oh, sorry. Did no. you say just you wanted to eat him? Yeah. Okay, that was selling very, you. Very rude. <laughs> no, I just like, I just imagine that kid and like William Perry being like, this will bloody show you. Try and, like, try and explain this. I put cloth up my... I think I, when I told my supervisor that story, because it's getting to the point now, it's kind of cool where I know more about this subject area than he does. Well, this niche area anyway. Mm. Mm. And I'm trying to like impress him with my inky foreskin story, which I t- totally <laughs> did. And he's like, what would he have done if he was circumcised? And you're like, holy Stuffed shit. Stuffed it up as you read <laughs> Yeah, just like. But like, was that in vogue back then? Like it might not have been a, 
a thought. The, if, if he had, if where he, he had was been circumcised, they would have been like, oh, Jewish. I was going to say, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's another. <laughs> then you'd be a, you'd probably a Jew, and you can't, and you can't, you couldn't have Jewish and Muslim witches. Witches, witchcraft was a Christian crime. So I mean, like Muslims and Jews could be something else. I mean, they could be Muslims and Jews, but they couldn't be, <laughs> which we don't like. In I mean, in general, right? I mean, yeah. right? But but being a witch was a Christian crime, so yeah. you couldn't be guilty of it as, you, as a Christian religion. crime. Sounds like a very naff TV show. Yeah. Like I feel like I would watch that. Like it's, it's just, like it's two a, detectives. It's a, it's, a, it's a nun and a priest that go around solving crimes. Yeah, oh, like I one of those that. British small. Isn't is, doesn't that already exist in Grantchester? It's a priest that solves crimes or a victim. Oh yeah, like I mean, there's ones where. I'm sure there's one where priests do, but I yeah, like I like the buddy cop idea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Christian crime. Who's good? Who's good cop and who's bad cop? I think the nun is bad. cop. I was going to oh, say the nun has to be bad, bad cop, right? Yeah. yeah. Is the uh, priest exceptionally handsome? You're going to get in trouble. Yeah, exactly. Is he too hot? And then he just gets done. Apparently, my supervisor tells me that there is a film that you can't find unless you know where it is about Urban Grandier because I think it was banned in like everywhere because it showed the explicit like nuns masturbating with crucifixes oh. and just being incredibly graphic and are you sure it's not just a Lars von Trier film? <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's did I show you so that's the guy did I show you that the clip of the fox saying chaos reigns I don't think so <laughs> okay well look that film that that's from it's called the antichrist there is a lot of dick torture in that movie. Oh, nice. Mm. Mm. But there's also a fox, and I like foxes. Did you watch the whole film to be like, foxes? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know there was a fox in it. Oh, happy surprise fox. Like when we were watching that movie the other day, I'm like, oh, surprise lesbians. Like, oh, yeah. Yay, cool. That was nice. Representation. <laughs> yeah. Get out there. The Sabbat is probably the last kind of my talking points that I've got because I just think, I mean, it's the party of the century. And everyone's invited. All you've got to do is, like, make a pact with the devil. It was – the Sabbath was this thing. Oh, that old small thing. That old, yeah. like, sign your soul over. It's all G. What it was is what people thought that witches were doing is when you go and grease yourself up with dead baby grease, go and fly to the middle of the woods where there would be the Prince of Darkness, quite, you know, obviously. Casually. Casually. And the way that you would affirm your bond to him is you'd kiss him on the anus. So you might see a lot of, like, witchcraft or devil iconography of people, like, kissing goats – um, and the devil, like, on the anus, it's called the obscene kiss, and that's how you reaffirmed your pact with the devil. Why are they so obsessed with anus? There's so much, like, because I guess, I don't know, part of me is, like, with some Puritan, like, what's the worst thing we can think of them doing? Oh, it's definitely butt kissing. <laughs> one of the, one of the like, I think it's a Puritan manuscript drawing of, like, the Sabbath is these fully clothed women holding hands with demons in a circle and I bet like some Puritan was like holy shit that's like the most foul thing I've ever seen you perverted whores because they're holding hands it's just it's so it's really cute well it's not but you know yeah and the Sabbath was where you had orgies where it was like the inversion of the Eucharist so you drink red drink you drink red bread like eat red bread you know you'd be killing dead babies you'd be telling the devil all the naughty things you've been doing but also it's interesting if you're a bad witch as in if you weren't going and doing all this wait aren't they all bad witches yes but if you weren't doing enough bad stuff you'd be punished by the devil he'd whip you for not oh okay being so witchy enough yeah it's look it's the whole double negative thing yeah so like witches are bad but like you were bad at being a witch yeah so english failed me oh <laughs> but uh yes so if you're a bad 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 witch, witch bad yeah. at being a witch 
you were punished by the devil. He would whip you for not going and causing enough storms and killing enough babies. He's just like, I'm I'm sorry, you know, I'm looking at your uh, key performance indicators and your <laughs> anus kissing is way down from last quarter. And <clears throat> yeah. I really love that. <laughs> like him seeing with little spectacles being like, look, Sarah, I don't want to do this, but so it hasn't come from me. It's come from corporate. <laughs> <laughs> Sally from accounting is just fucking smashing you with the, like 800 dead babies. What you got like five? That's pathetic. They're babies, mm. Sally. They're not hard to go and get, really. Like you should be batting a thousand on that one, honestly. Yeah, really. <laughs> I mean, I can tell you where an orphanage is. Just go hit it up. You'll be fine. Mm. Like it's all G. We're um, going to hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, terrible. And again with the coven energy, we all just cackled <laughs> at the same time. Are we all? Oh, I was gonna say you two are wearing black and I'm wearing pink. <laughs> <laughs> shocking there's one in every family i fucking let the team down yeah like you've, get with the code jess you've got like you're doing like um uh log cabin gothic though with this oh okay i was well, thinking like barb from stranger things it's very it's like pink and purple where does the gothic come in you got black earrings question mark lots of bad things can happen in log cabins yeah mm. all right you could totally sacrifice someone it's kiss not- anuses <laughs> <laughs> What happens in the log cabin? Oh, look, you, log cabin. your mileage may vary how bad the anus kissing is, like yeah. on the scale of sins. Do they have to like pash the anus? Like, I mean, funnily enough, I don't know if there's any um, very graphic descriptions of how much they got into the anus kissing. Cowards. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's funny. All the pictures that you see, they're always just about to kiss the anus, and you're like, what a tease. <laughs> I want to so see someone tonguing like, the anus. <laughs> <laughs> Just a, a gentle, yeah, like air kiss. Yeah, like that's, I mean, you, you kiss your aunt like that? No, I want a real like tongue in the butt sort of, <laughs> the devil's like, that's not good enough. It's not good enough. I'm going to tell my dad not to listen to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it, it was, it's an honest, like, I mean, like taking the piss aside, it's honestly, it's a real thing. It's, I mean, what's interesting about witch hunting is that you, to create a culture, you need more than just popular culture. Yeah. to create something witch hunting and witchcraft beliefs was an incredibly theological phenomenon that intellectuals were writing about they were talking about we you know we're laughing at the sabbat but pierre de Lanca, another french name that i'm going to butcher wrote this amazing book about what people were doing at the sabbat i will point out though that not a single sabbat was ever raided they never busted one. Because they were too scared. They Ever. were scared that their anus would get kissed. Yeah, be like, I don't want to go there. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, like, that sounds like real witch talk to you. If you want to <laughs> go to the Sabbath, I don't want to go. But these people, like, these are really intellectual men of the time who were sitting down and writing these things and it's talking like about this. It's fanfiction.net, but, like, meets Google Scholar. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, it's, it, it is, I mean, it is on one level ridiculous, but there are some really influential and quite incredible men who were writing about this and who believed this and perpetuating Martin Luther believed in witches and I mean 80 million people call themselves Lutherans today and here is this person who Martin Luther thought that he could scare the devil away by farting (laughs) so I I mean mean, look there's been some pretty thunderous farts in our time yeah would you could you scare the devil away with one though do you reckon if that look I don't know about me but what do you reckon about Maple, the dog? Oh, my God. Maple. She farted at the party and I thought I was going to die. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty potent. That's my girl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, cute little. Even the dog farts, you're just like, God, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> it's just incredible to think about the, the extent to which this is an actual phenomenon that was not just 
superstition that wasn't just what well, how widespread it is mm-hmm. and also you haven't really talked about it today but previously you've sort of said and like it does still go on in some places really mm. yeah it's just not the mass cultural thing that it was yeah i think the little the little lecture that i gave you on it the other day i end the i end the slide with a picture from 2013 i think it's a woman who was burned as a witch in papua new guinea mm. because people are like oh this is so ridiculous this has never happened now it does and not just talking like you know in africa and papua new guinea mm. but in, in other ways as well i mean which i mean i don't want to ever make the connection that witch hunting that happens which beliefs in Africa and Papua New Guinea and those places are the same as they were in medieval Europe. They weren't. Mm. But the, it's there. The tangible idea is there. There's also other, you know, people talk about witch hunts all the time and right ways or wrong ways. and Yeah, political stuff. Yeah, and yeah. things like that. It definitely, definitely still happens. I feel like the term witch hunt is used by people who are being held accountable for their actions I've never, nowadays. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've ever seen a case of like someone saying, oh, it's a bloody witch hunt. When it's actually legitimate, usually it's just, you know, people being called out. Mm. But, I mean, yeah, and it's and it's funny because being someone who's studied this for a long time, you have so many people coming up and telling me things, and you're like, oh, God, that's so not true. Like, you know, oh, have you read The Crucible and everything's in The Crucible? And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I love The I actually cited The Crucible in my honors thesis just to shut everybody up. <laughs> but Winona it's interesting. <laughs> it's a good movie. I, I don't mind. I don't mind the movie. But like as a work of fiction, as a work, yeah. But it's interesting the, the perpetuating of these of these myths and things that go on. But when re- when the reality is probably a lot worse than what people perpetuate. Mm. You've also said like people have conflated it with you being a witch too. Yeah. So like I guess more in the sense of being like a Wiccan or yeah, yeah, definitely. I definitely had a woman once approach me and. You know, the, um, it, it came up, I was at a lecture and it came up that I was this person's um, PhD student and I'm studying witchcraft and she came up to me and she was like all earth mother, goddess and, you know, um, and wanted me to wanted me to answer seriously her question about how do I, how do I reconcile the idea of reincarnation in my PhD topic? Because we're all reincarnated women, mm-hmm. right, from early modern times. And I'm not, I mean, I'm not like, I'm not trying to judge her and on her beliefs. That's what she thinks and that's perfectly fine. But as an academic who studies these sources, I don't really know how to tell her that like, you think you're a reborn early modern witch and how do I reconcile that in my work? Um, I don't really yeah it's not it's not high on my list of no but it's just um you know she was asking all these questions like I think she was telling me about that story that happened I think it was in Queensland that that mother of three who was torched and burned by her husband Mm. and this woman was like oh do you think she was a reincarnated witch and that's why her husband burnt her because he thought that she was too you know big for her boots or something and I'm like I don't want to no I think he was a domestic I think he was a domestic abuser I think he was mm. all you know it's but people do kind of conflate what I study with oh mm. am I a Wiccan am I you know yeah. all this kind of thing and I'm and I'm not a Wiccan I'm not really it's, it's interesting but I'm not super interested in the occult like I don't play with Ouija boards and stuff like that that's I mean I will not have a Ouija board in this house no I'm way too superstitious for that now. once again I have done this why <laughs> oh didn't it freak you out I couldn't do no. it because I don't believe in it. Oh, I've I just guess. I've just dabbled in it way too much to even give it a go. <laughs> <laughs> you're like reading all these things and you're like, nope. No, you see I'm all fine. these bitches getting burnt, Jess? Like, yeah, and that could be you. Yeah, it's like, I'm educated. You made it an uninformed decision. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's, about, it's about calculated risk. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean, if, if, I, if I could communicate with a ghost who was like, I'm going to tell you where I buried my treasure, maybe 
I get the Ouija board out to get like no because if a ghost was communicating with me then I'd have to like re-examine my beliefs (laughs) like you know what I mean well isn't the whole point of playing with the Ouija board that you hope that a ghost will talk to you yeah but they didn't so how do you know well they didn't talk to me in a way I could understand which is very rude maybe they were using sign language and you couldn't see (laughs) Yeah, but that would freak me out because, I mean, either... I did it alone, too. I did all the stuff oh, you're not meant to do. no, Jess. Wrong. Bad. So oh Jess has God. been gone for years. It's just like... Oh, wow. Possessed. I love Beelzebub. <laughs> <laughs> Absolute plot twist. No, because then two things will happen. Either nothing happens, and I'm like, well, that was a complete utter waste of time. Or something happens, and then I have to yeah, reassess my whole position in the world. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I was a, I was a youth. The follies of youth. Yeah, but presumably not possessed or followed by bad spirits. Mm. Mm. I'm just going to make you, like, cleanse yourself with holy water on the on the porch before you come in. <laughs> <laughs> like, every week. Yeah, and yeah. she starts scolding from the holy water, you're like, ah, oh, shit, something's up. <laughs> I don't have eczema. That's, that's what's been <laughs> yeah, happening. Yeah, exactly. You've just been touching holy water on your chest and legs and stuff. That's why mm. you have... Yeah, eczema there. It's definitely the holy water. Gotta rub it right into the tits. Everyone (laughs) knows they're kind of devilish. Well, that's true. I mean, on the left, the left one apparently very Mm. much so. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I'm I'm pretty freckly moly too. Like, I'm sure there's probably one around that area. You're just a super witch. Mm. I had. I used to have a mole in the shape of a like a heart, and I had it cut out because it was germinating. And now I have good word. Now I have a very intense scar because the doctor who did it. Molly has an wow, intense one too. Do we have like? Is it, does it you should like discuss whether it was the same doctor later. <laughs> um, does it look like that? Does it look like this? I think mine. Yours is healed better than mine because they left the um stitches in. Yeah, you can long. see all the yeah. You oh wow okay. You and I are definitely witches. We have big scars on our necks from having moles cut out. Ah uh, no, that's where the microchip from the coronavirus. Oh, is, guys. <laughs> wow. Get with it. Plot twist. So you just like that sounds like something only a witch would know. How do you know that? Totes because I <laughs> hang out with you and oh, you study them. Wow, double burn. Pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my mum always said I'd be a good lawyer when I was a kid because apparently I'm good at arguing and wordplay and stuff so oh, okay you know i could either be the uh executioner or hopefully talk my way out of it yeah my dad said that i was born to be a witch and i'm like dad witch historian and he's like i said what i said <laughs> like, yeah, nice. I'm, I'm really interested it's like <coughs> it's a witch <coughs> the devil's trying to escape out my mouth and i'm trying to stop him <laughs> the, the, you you study witch therefore you are witch it's like i study computer but i'm not computer, <laughs> but I'm not computer. <laughs> oh yeah 100 percent. it's <laughs> it's really weird i don't know because i don't know like i don't really give off any witchy but i mean i'm kind of witchy dressed you tonight, are very witchy dressed but i mean i don't usually look you had your pastel witchy. goth stuff like, that was that was a thing that, that was, was a phase time. that I was f- a phase i feel like i feel like if we did know a witch they'd just be really like normcore. like we wouldn't oh no i like i know i know wiccans yeah mm-hmm. like witches in that sense and they're again i mean alternative looking but not you know wild yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah not to a wild but like a lot of my friends dress alternatively. Yeah, so funnily that's enough, not really um, a Salem. Indicator. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> like funnily enough, Salem is full of Wiccans. 
every second shop you go to in Salem is like selling like deer wishbone and pulverized rabbit skulls and They've moss come back and to things the like motherland. that. And I was cute. I went I went on this big five week trip in twenty eighteen with my grandmother who wanted to come, which I thought was really sweet. We went to New York, uh, DC, Salem, and Boston, looking for like witchcraft documents and things like that. And we were walking around Salem, and it was it was beautiful. New England up there is absolutely stunning. And um, we'll fight them though. Yeah, New England <laughs> we'll supremacy. Yeah, New England versus New England. Yeah, I, I was when I was on that history forum the other night, and I was um talking about like, oh, I'm a uh, witchcraft historian in England and New England like mm. the guy who was chairing it he's like oh I think she means America New England and not Armadale I'm like no Matt there's no there's yeah no the, witches all the witches here. that we burnt here. there's no witches here but we were going to all these shops in Salem and my grandma was trying to find something for my cousins who were like oh god god ages like 12 and 15 and going to all these like shops and they have pulverized rabbit skulls and moss and deer hearts and she's like oh these are cute little knickknacks isn't that oh maybe see if something here i'm like no i don't think this is not a gift shop um i don't think you understand like she didn't get it 12 is a is a good year to start fostering kids always go through a witchcraft phase right that's a thing right is it a little potion and stuff that's totally normal have i ever told the, the story about my grass potion on the pod before no please a very dear friend of mine who's now passed away she and i went through this phase of see it's normal molly (laughs) this phase of this phase of like trying to like brew contraband substances and so we would and not not like not like poison but we would just be like we would we would get little bits of things that we weren't supposed to touch mm. and put it in like like what like her mum's eyeshadow oh. <laughs> cigarette butts oh no uh, plants that please we tell me you didn't ingest this no no oh, no well God. not this one but um <laughs> just then the one. one day i was at home and i was i'm, I'm gonna try and like make like a flower tonic mm. for myself and i put in lemongrass rose petals dandelions i can't remember what else just i was just pulling shit out of the garden nice smelly plant matter yeah and poured boiling water on it and just let it steep Mm. and then i came back and drank some and i must have it must have had like um (laughs) no it must have had um pesticide or something no i I thought that's where this was going and i didn't want it to but like obviously you're still alive so it's fine i fully I fully, I think I killed some brain cells on that. But like I, wow, did you get really sick? Oh yeah, like I got, I got the chills. Like I was freezing cold, and so that I, was just you banishing the devil. It's fine. And I lay, I laid down on like this garden furniture that had been in the sun because it was the only way to like warm myself up. So oh my mum came out, and I'm just like lying there, like on on a garden table, like, <laughs> and I was just like, no, mum, I'm fine. I'm just you know communing with nature (laughs) (laughs) and then i eventually i ate some strawberries because i thought that that would take the grossness away and i it's all about balance and i projectile vomited the strawberries was it green (laughs) it was it was the most violent vomiting it was just like you know when is it the exorcist yeah (laughs) and I told my, I think I told my parents that I must have caught a bug because yeah. I didn't tell them about the um... swallowing contraband. <laughs> yeah. Wow. You know, The Exorcist is based on a true story of a witchcraft trial. 
Except I it was it was a roll, little boy and a little and girl. Go. Is that I, it? I don't actually I don't actually know the name of the trial, but I know that it was a little boy. It wasn't a little girl. Yeah. But that makes it more interesting. I don't yeah. know. Why. I've heard of Roland too. Our friends at uh, Project Unknown did a story on him. Mm. Oh, cool. Mm. Can confirm that I must be a really shit witch historian that I've never tried to brew anything. I made no, because as we've established, like, you're not a witch. Yeah, Whereas I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> you are question mark. <laughs> no, I was gonna say. Well, yeah, I just feel like there's a, a phase, you know, because like Buffy was on TV and Charmed was on TV, mm. and like Jess was a little baby gay, and all the witches and stuff are hot. So like, I don't know, you go through a phase. Oh, I wasn't gay till like two years ago. I went right over my head. I don't <laughs> think that's how it works. No, but... it's not. No, it's not how it works. I wasn't. I'm gay. I wasn't a practicing gay until like two years ago. <laughs> You hadn't, you hadn't uh, received your full gay no, license yet. You were still on your provisional yeah, gay license. You yeah. hadn't ordered uh, the form of Etsy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, w- I wasn't a practicing gay until like two years ago and I, I must have gone completely over my head. I did make – my dad dated this woman for like five years and she had like a little girl. So she was like my stepsister for a while, you know, from like when she was three till when she was eight. So quite a fundamental part of her life. And I did make her eat caterpillars. <laughs> at some point we used to roast caterpillars and I used to feed them to her. It used to impress me and I was like, you don't have to keep doing this. But you know when little kids really want to impress you? And she just kept eating these caterpillars for me and like sick in the face, like green ass. And I was like, ha, ha, do another one. The, and then she just kept doing it. The friend that I used to brew the potions with, she tried to feed my little sister possum turds. Oh my wow. God. By, con- by convincing her that they were um, chocolate covered uh, coffee beans. So maybe like the witch thing isn't a thing, but like kids being weird. Yeah, and just yeah. being menaces to society. <laughs> can confirm that um, through studying this children and witchcraft trials for like, oh, like two months now. I mean, through my honours as well, but more broadly for the last two months, I can confirm that children are little shits sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's the title of the PhD. Yeah, um, I was going to say, do you have any sort of conclusive points or anything you'd like to wrap up on? Not to uh, put the pressure on. No, oh God, yeah. No, you lit the flame under me. Hey. <laughs> could you, could you potentially open up the floor to some questions? I'd love, yeah, I'd love questions. Actually. Okay. Giles Corey, fact yeah. or fiction? Real. Fuck. <laughs> As in, are we, are we saying, like, what, what happened to him? Yeah. Yeah, totally, totally, totally real. He was pressed to death for refusing to enter a plea. So what would happen in the judicial trial, just really quickly to sum up and then more questions are interesting. So what you had to do is you had to either plead guilty or non-guilty and then you had to accept the authority of the the court oyer and terminer, which means to hear and to determine to try you. Mm -hmm. And he said not guilty and then he refused to accept the um, the court's authority to try him. And so they pressed him for three days he was in his 80s he lasted for three days he had this big board on his chest with heavy rocks on it and they said that getting to the last couple of days i think one of the ministers there would like stick his tongue back in his mouth with his staff because it was blowing out of his mouth and the only thing that he said when they kept asking him come on you know for enter a plea he all he said was more weight what a bowler yeah that's that's something i don't know i can't imagine what it would be like under those circumstances i think i would just die of a heart attack yeah i just want to die as like, soon, like as soon as they pass the judgment i'll just be like bye <laughs> yeah pretty much i have left the building <clears throat> yeah but is, is, does anyone else have any other questions i love answering questions I, I do have- one of the ghosts that follows me around from the ouija board has a question out <laughs> yeah. yeah you got another one yeah 
Because I'm just too slow. I'm like, oh. <laughs> so please, Morty. What is your opinion on the theory of the whole like incubus succubus thing being a vehicle for demonic pregnancy to come about where like it, because the devil semen isn't fruitful. Mm. So the, the incubus was kind of like a, a surrogate I don't even know how it works, but it was because like cold semen couldn't result in a conception. So they had to have like a go between. Like what's your opinion on that? Yeah, it's a actually, actually an interesting witchcraft phenomenon of when that women are admitting that they've had sex with the devil and you go into quite graphic detail of what it was like. And they always talk about how this devil had cold semen. And this is because it was thought that the devil went in the middle of the night, incubuses and things like that would steal the semen from men and this is where the explanation for wet dreams comes from oh when men would wake up with wet dreams they think that this is a result of the devil trying to steal their semen in the night classic devil move the demonic pregnancy is interesting because you're like well on one level you know coal semen can't result in a pregnancy but i suppose they probably didn't know that back then so but I mean, it is it's how cold because like they put you you can get your sperm frozen yeah but use it, it yeah use i it did later. know that it was an, <laughs> i did know that it was an explanation for wet dreams that they thought that the devil was trying to steal their semen imagine imagine if that was still like a the amount of bullshit that people could justify being like well the devil guess it was the devil yeah i mean people are already bad enough with their like conspiracies about certain topics yeah mm. Corona. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to avoid it, but uh, I can't. It's all around us. Last year, last week, we went into that in some depth, and it was. I got quite upset. Yeah, I oh. had to. I had to calm myself down. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Try a potion. Mm. Mm. Not the one you made last time. <laughs> no, I, and I'm so much older now. I don't think I'd survive it a second time. <laughs> yeah, look, fair enough. <laughs> Not Corona. Yeah, mm. no Rona. Yeah. But yeah, that's interesting. I don't know too much about the medieval superstitions around incubuses and succubuses because it completely backflips. I mean, Charlemagne and St. Boniface, all these people in the 8th century and early on in the medieval times thought that believing in witchcraft was a crime. Charlemagne put the death penalty for anyone who burnt witches. Not the witches themselves, but if you were burning witches, you had the death penalty because it was thought to be pagan. So the change between thinking that witch, mm. believing in witchcraft is a crime to witchcraft being a crime is an incredibly interesting flip that I could talk for another two, three hours on because it's really interesting, the, the, the flip that it does. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, just to give, you a, yeah, to give you a sentence explanation, I think it was an outgrowth of heresy trials. Heresy obviously being like believing in opposition to the church um, and they were already burning heretics. And then like, well, you know what heretics are like? Witches. <laughs> like hey what if what if the earth revolved around the sun burn yeah pretty much yeah you really hope it's one of those things because you know the whole history repeats itself you're like i really hope we don't go not going back there i mean different forms of things but not quite this yeah if it, yeah. it makes you feel any better mark twain once said that history doesn't repeat itself but it does rhyme so hopefully it just rhymes, not repeating itself. So bitchcraft. Bitchcraft. You know, when I say that quote, I always accidentally say Shania Twain, and I'm like, it's not Shania Twain. <laughs> she, had, she had a really different iconic Mark's quote. Mark's cousin. <laughs> Mark's cousin, Shania. Yeah. <laughs> you just go, go back and just re- attribute all of his like very wise things to Shania Twain. We yeah. reverse them, though, too. Mark Twain he said, also let's gets... go, let's go, go girls. Girls. <laughs> 
that song. <gasps> but yeah, I think my little concluding statement would be that there is a lot of difficulty and troubling uh, trouble with grappling with the challenge of knowing what has come before us. Deep. And yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, those are some choice stories. It was hard to pick a few, to be honest. It was there's there's so many, but. I hope that it inspires some people to go and do some reading and research. And if you see my book in a couple of years, read it. I don't know. <laughs> see, tell me if it's any good. <laughs> I'm going I'm to put your book on pre-order because that's some gnarly shit. Oh, cool. Thanks. <laughs> gnarly shit. Describing like great academic work that's taken years in the making. It's like fully sick. Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> uh, quite Australian of you. Well, are we happy to wrap it up, ladies? Well, what I'm thinking is, you know, thanks for coming, Molly. I hope you've uh, enjoyed yourself. I loved it. Thank you so much for having me. It's been such a pleasure. And uh, look, possibly in the future we could do a witchcraft part two. We're going to have to. Or if history (laughs) rhymes, it can be bitchcraft or something like that. Yeah, Yeah. 100%. But no, I'm really grateful to be asked to do this. And it's always great to talk about something I'm passionate about and lovely hosts and lovely podcasts. Thank you. Yeah. And as for you, dear listeners, next week we will be covering creepy places because mm-hmm. we did our generator before so we'd have two weeks to work on our notes as opposed to one because yep. that's more sustainable for our little brains i'm i'll give you a little a little tidbit uh Ooh. we're heading we're heading back to my uh, ancestral home or thereabouts for for next week's topic where we're going back to my origin story oh i guess i am too yeah yeah, but like <laughs> in a different way. Okay. <laughs> spooky. So until next week, uh, listeners, spook you later. Spook you later. This is Jessica from the future. I forgot to record this when we're at Morty's house. This is an announcement that for the entire month of October, if you tag or follow our sponsors, The Rainbow Room Gyra, and our very own Femme Detail podcast on Instagram or Facebook, you go into the draw to win some fabulous Halloween prizes. Entries close 31st of October, so get in it to win it, folks.